everybody, and welcome to yet another fun-filled episode of your favorite podcast and videocast, The Warband. And as always, joining me in The Warband, my two favorite and faithful compatriots, David Wu. Yep, Kaye. And Jason Carmen. How you doing? So guys, welcome back for another fun-filled episode <clears throat> of The Warband. Um, Today, we are going to be talking about gateway hobby, gateway games, uh, things that got us into the hobbies. Uh, this will be specifically built or tailored to us and games that we, uh, that help get us ready for technically what we're doing now in the hobby and whatnot. But as always, I kind of like to start out with a few little, few little things that's going on news-wise and then we'll get into if we've done anything in the hobby today, which we'll, I'm expecting to be very short and <laughs> foreshadowing. And then we've got a fun little segment and then straight into our main topic. So first things first, this whole thing with Terminators. And Is that the crisis of the month for August? Terminators? Because after... Be Oh, that's a shame because I was hoping after COVID and civil unrest that an army of Arnold Schwarzeneggers trying to kill us all would be kind of a reprieve. Or an army of the emperor's chosen sent to purge, purge the uh, purge the unclean. So all of us? I would yeah. take I would take either of those actually. Ab absolutely. Point. Gladly. I I got a birthday coming and the emperor's mercy is right what I ordered. <laughs> Yeah, the, 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 the whole thing I, I was reading uh, <clears throat> looks like Terminators are getting a little bit of a buff for 40K. They are. Uh, they are going up to uh, three wounds. Um, Yay. Not, I, only, I, not only that, but uh, the, the, the firstborn, as they're called. Yeah. The, the tactical Marines we've all loved forever uh, are going up to two wounds. I love that so much. Not only not only just the Astartes, the Chaos Marines, the Rubric Marines, and the Plague Marines. So Nurgle wins again. So I gotta say, this is what I find very interesting. Because when I when I started seeing the old Terminators going to three wounds, I was like, awesome. That's great because with the ed, with the uh, advent of the newer Marines from uh, Indominus Box. The I, I don't I cannot remember what they're, whatever they're called the Meltagun Marines oh the Eradicators Eradicators and stuff like yeah. that okay so now we are really starting to see the phasing of the original Marines out this is this is going to be the this and you know that's what I'm looking at I'm like okay well we knew it was going to happen eventually Here, here's how it starts uh, and you know. Got to give them Games Workshop this if this is how they've wanted to do it. They're taking their time with it. It's a slow burn. Mm -hmm. And that's, in some ways, it's better that they do it that way than just going, here you go, to deal with it. And in some ways, I'm kind of like, eh, kind of torn. But I'm really surprised that the original Marines are getting the buffs because I was really worried that Terminators were going to kind of be swept under the rug. Yeah. Because the Kirk's Terminatus, lore-wise, is really cool. I don't know if you guys know this, but technically the, Turks, uh, the Kirk's Terminatus is made from a small fragment of the Emperor's original power. Right. I did not know that. 
So I always really liked that about the Terminator lore, and I, I really like the look. To me, they're as iconic as the original Space Marine. Absolutely. If not even oh, more yeah. so now. Uh, oh, definitely. I really liked the Terminator, so I was really happy that they were going to be getting a wound buff to keep them kind of more relevant and, pre relevant and prevalent in the games. Mm -hmm. But, like I said, I'm really surprised that they're actually giving it to the firstborn. Yeah, this was completely out of left field for me. I figured this would be the, the last edition that, that we would see firstborn and they would just be relegated to you know, index or something. Yeah. Or whatever. That, there's a book or an, like um, legendary, I think is what it's called. 40K. Uh, like there's, there's a thing. It's a website. It's like the legendary 40K oh, characters. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Legends or something. Yeah. yeah. This is the out of print stuff just gets put into the legend section. Yeah. yeah that's okay. where the um, um, Legion of the Damned is right now. Oh. That's where uh, they're hanging out. Yeah, that's, yeah. Where, that's where they're chilling. Um, <laughs> I have a feeling they'll stay there for a while, probably, unfortunately. Yeah. I, can, I can about guarantee that. But that's where, actually, I agree with you, Carmen. That's where I thought the, the original, the, the squat Marines is what I call them, the, the original guys. The OG Marines, I figured that's where they're going. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought, too. And I'm super happy they're not, because I still have a lot of love for the uh, the old guys. Oh, absolutely. And I love yeah. the versatility that they offer. Yeah. Yes. I, the longer, I, I don't care if the Primaris never get rocket launchers because it uh, gives me an excuse to keep the little guy on the field. Yeah, that was something that I wanted to, that, that, yes, because now that they're doing this, it kind of shades, a, to me, it kind of steers things more back to them being a better troop option. And, now, I don't play 40K, so this is kind of from the outside looking in. Yeah. Uh, we all three play Kill Team. Mm -hmm. But to me, it seems like that would focus more of the option back to the original Marines instead of the Primaris because you have the wound buff, but now you also have more, um, more variety, more choice. Right, yeah. More versatility in your army. Yeah, I've always felt that way because... Well, Primaris don't have missile launchers yet. They don't have grab rifles. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they have flamers either, do they? I know the aggressors have those. Are the aggressors? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, it, there's still plenty of reason to play tactical Marines. And now, hopefully, these will this will roll into kill team. And I think we're all thinking the same thing, that there'll be a second edition to buy. If I smart money might be on Christmas, is I don't know if it's going to come that quick or not. Really, I could see them rushing out a version two with the new line, stat lines and the, the new Indominus models, which would give them yet another opportunity to add Chaos Raptors. I mean, they they could have been working on it this whole time, yeah, you know, for the past year or so. That that would explain the the drought of uh kill team releases because there's really been nothing since the annual last year yeah yeah uh, that's true see what i was thinking is that they would announce an index this year like they always you know put out right. an index toward the end of the year yeah 
at the end of the at the end of the first quarter next year put out a new edition. That was a thought. I, I figure by Christmas, though, more to your point, Wu, with yeah. the big Christmas thing, I, I, I'm thinking they have to do something. Um, yeah. Kill team, uh, like for the models at least. So I'm, I'm expecting a rules update of something, maybe on a White Dwarf or, a, a, um, like I said, the Index, updating it for the Indominus models. Well, they have to do an annual 2020, don't they? Otherwise, annual... 2019 seems silly if there's no one after it. I would say th there's either going to be an annual 2020 with, you know, the Indominus stuff and anything that comes out this year, or they'll skip it and just announce Kill Team 2. I'll be okay with either, honestly. I like the idea of the annual, but if we're getting, say if we're getting, you know, Kill Team 2 in February, there's no reason to put all that stuff in a book for, you know, Right, late December, and then it all just gets kind of swept away two months later. I'm not saying they wouldn't do that, because plenty of us would buy both. Right. Yeah. Now, am I the only one, or can I can I get a agreement? Can we see some the return of some kill zones, please? Oh, sure. They, I think they actually mentioned that some of the new models might be appearing in new kill zones when they when they announced uh indomitus so okay i would like to see some of that because it seems like kill zones went real dry real quick <clears throat> they did they sold out and they weren't uh reprinted yeah they, they i know like the wall of martyrs I, I lucked up and wound up getting the last copy at the local shop when i was living in lexington um that's when i got that and that one went out of print super quick and never came back. Yeah, I got the uh, Sector Frontieris one. I've got the, the, the Sector Imperialis and the, the, the last one that came out. Oh, the Se Sector Sanctoris? Yeah. Mm. So I, I need to say I got a shit ton of terrain. I just haven't built yet. And one of the other things I'll kind of delve off now this i don't i i want to say we talked about this on the last episode um so if we did just stop me the multi uh the easy the push fit kits the 15 dollar mm -hmm. push fit kits uh easy builds shockingly and and disappointingly i must say very much so disappointingly that gw has decided to stop production on those they, they don't have them. they went to last chance to buy the uh, $15 three Primaris or three Death Guard and the Pox Walkers. You can, you can get the Pox Walkers or the Death Guard or the uh, Intercessors or the Reavers. Yeah. 15 bucks and you got three of them in a box. Yeah. I ended, I, the Pox Walkers, you actually got five of. So I ended up with, I ended up uh, owning all of those kits, uh, at least one of them in multiples because I bought two packs of the Intercessors. I can't tell you how many intercessors and reavers of those I bought because it's stupid. They're, they're at a very marketable price. They look just as good as the multi-part kits and there's less chance to screw them up by like losing an elbow or gluing one's hand on upside down mm -hmm. or something. Exactly. They also done one, uh, they done a um, dreadnought. Oh yeah, yeah. 
the Redemptor. Was it the Redemptor? It's the Primaris Dreadnought. Yeah, the Redemptor. Yeah, the Redemptor, uh, yeah. Which I have one of. And they've done the Aggressors. I saw that and I thought about getting the Aggressors, but they haven't given me a reason to yet. I, so, get a, I don't have a reason. I just like having the models occasionally. I just like to paint them. Yeah. Cause yeah. I like, just because I like the uh, model. And then they've done... Gross, I call him the gross uncle, and his and his. Oh, Lord uh, Feltus, Felchus, Fel or some. Uh, yeah, Feltius. Feltius, thank you. I knew <laughs> Feltius wasn't right. <laughs> but same ballpark. And yeah, he, the, he the world's happiest blade marine. <laughs> He's pushman. Yeah, I did and, not know that. And and, and he is uh, he has been discontinued as well in that. <gasps> wow. Oh no. So yeah, I like, kind of wanted to get him at some point. Yeah. So I really am upset. I'm not like totally pissed off, but I'm like, what the hell are we doing? This was a great entry point for 40K. Yeah. For Hill Team, for anything. It was a great entry point that you could even get kids into it that way. 30 bucks, they got, all, they got pretty much uh, the starting army right there. And it's great for, oh my God, I, like I said, test models, painting test models. Holy crap! But now apparently they're gone. So uh, I'm I'm expecting them. I don't think they got rid of them for a lack of sales. I couldn't I doubt see it. No. So I'm wondering if GW is getting ready to gear up and create a new line for a new edition, because that actually came out with eighth. So I don't know if part of it's that. Some of GWs may, may have bit off more in their manufacturing that they can't keep up with, or, or if it's the the the, the death virus that plagues the world has has slowed everything down. Do you think maybe it's just uh, they're clearing the old stock so they can repackage them with their fancy new logo that everyone seems to love hate. so much? Yeah, that. You know, I don't I don't hate it as much as a lot of people, but I I, I sure as hell don't like it. I don't like it as much as the one that's been around since fourth, but if you look back, the logo from like first, second, and third edition was no picnic either. Yeah, they, so. they had the, the fat eagle. The fat eagle. <laughs> Everything was fat then. <laughs> Even the Necrons were fat. How, how does that work? Everything was very high calorie. Yes. In the time period. Very buttery. Speaking of fat Necrons... So Fat Cron got on our Instagram and asked for emails. Uh, do we want to see what we've got? Yeah. Sure. All right. Let's dive into the Warband mailbag or Warbag or, you know, we'll workshop that. We just got the one. QuickBooks writes in, says, get organized for less than $2 per day. Track your finances with QuickBooks. And, okay, that's spam. We don't have any actual email yet. But to be fair, I just set up the account. So, you know. So if you want to hear if you want to hear your questions right on the podcast and not some spam on how we can arrange our finances, write into the Warband at yahoo.com. Also, follow us on Instagram at the Warband Podcast, where we put up pictures of what we've been painting and who knows what. Who knows what's going to show up there? I mean, I've got a lot of old compromising pictures of Roland floating around. Maybe they'll turn up. But that's all we've got for uh, email this week. All right. So I guess um, 
Hobby progress, which will be relatively short, zero. I have been working non, um, non-stop. Work is life, life is work. They allow me to come home so I can close my eyes and be here, then I have to go back. Apparently I've gotten a couple more days off than you have lately, so I have finished a couple of models. I put the finishing touches on I was keeping with the theme Chaos Claw Boys and finished my Berserker Champion for my Night Lords. And also finished uh, the so many uh, adjectives here. The My Death Company Assault Intercessor Sergeant from the Indominus Box. A little bit of kit bash. And both of those are up on the Instagram, so go check those out because You'll get a way better look at them than me just holding something up to the camera. And I would like to say this. I did put some paint on a model. I did not finish it, but there is some paint. There, there is some color on there. Oh, yeah, there's, there's some that, color. All right. That's something. So yeah. a little something's better than a lot of nothing. Yeah, I'm, I, uh, I'm right on the cusp of finishing another Alpha Legionnaire. I will be finished with that tonight, actually. I just got to awesome. put some shade and put his eyeballs in. Throw some shade at him. Throw some shade at him. Yo, mama. One more for the pile. Your mom's all furious. <laughs> I don't know. That was really bad. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I don't think that was true. Probably not. Raises a lot of questions, but hey. It, it does. Yeah. I guess that that's our hobby progress. Ooh, whole heck of a lot. Um, so now we'll just basically just ease on into our main topic and that's going to be our gateway games what got us into all this what got us to where we are today well mine was mine's easy mine was hero quest and that is a great game too it still holds up we played that uh we played that not long before the world shut down and it is just as fun now as it is as it was back in like 1992 i think it was when it came out it was early nineties. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it was ninety two because I think I got it for my twelfth birthday, and I got man. it for Christmas of ninety two, I believe, and that was also my gateway drug. Yeah, indeed. I am still piecing my copy together. Um, Good luck with that. That's an endeavor nowadays. It yeah. is. Uh, I got lucky. Uh, walked into a store one day. Guy offered it to me. Uh, didn't know what he had. Uh, so he tried sh- charging me quite a bit, and I was like, "Well, you're missing half the pieces." And he's like, "Oh," so then he's like, "Well, you just tell me what you want to pay for it then." And I got it for a really good deal. I didn't totally, ho- you know, I'm not gonna sit there and just go, oh, "I'll give you five dollars for it," you know. So I got it pretty decent, and I'm still piecing mine together. But I remember playing it in the late '90s. Uh, with some friends is when I first seen it. And it was just like, oh, wow, this is, you know, because up to then I, I had played some board games. I actually played Battle Masters mm-hmm. before Hero Quest. Now, Hero Quest came out obviously before Battle Masters. But Battle Masters was the one with the huge mat, right? Huge mat, uh, big armies, big yeah. cavalry and stuff, right? Right. Yep. Yeah, uh, the guy who actually turned me on to HeroQuest also played Battle Masters. I never played that one. It was uh, freaking fun as all get out. 
mutual friend of ours, Jason Markham, shout out to him if he ever listens to this or is told to listen to it because we mentioned his name. Hi. <laughs> hey, what's um, up, Markham? Yeah, and that was that was my gateway into all of this crap. Because from there led to the, the beige box D&D, to AD&D, to 25 years of everything i wish i still had my hero quest we we actually repurposed most of the miniatures i think all of the miniatures from it actually for uh, ironically another games workshop joint blood bowl yeah my surviving pieces went to that endeavor too that i i'm on my second hero quest set that was uh very graciously gifted to us by a friend of my wife's uh, a few years ago Along with one of the expansions that's complete except for the rule book, which I had never really seen in stores when they were put out. I actually had, um, I don't know how many expansions were sold in North America, but I, so it was two or three. I, I had, think it was two. I had two of them. And I think a purple oh, one and a red one. I have the red one, Keller's okay. Keep. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there was like there was Purple. class standalones, like there was a barbarian set and an elf set. I think I don't know if they made it stateside. I think I saw them in a hobby shop once. Now in my adulthood, I own some of the because there were other gateway games out there. Uh, unbeknownst to me at the time, there was Space Crusade, which is basically a 40k version of Hero Quest, which is on my white whale list of something that I will hunt possible to, to my end and not catch. Roland, you, you'll appreciate this one. Dragon Strike. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, gosh, Dragon Strike. You, you want to tell them how you wound up with that copy? Oh, God. <laughs> I, do I want to? Not really. Will I? Yeah, I guess. It doesn't paint me in the, in the best of lights, I assume. I, it doesn't paint either of us in good lights. Uh, what, what year was this? 2016, I think. 16 or 15. Yeah, it was one of those. It was, I think it was 15 because this was, was what year did we go with Joe and Rocky? That was uh, 16, right? That would have been 16. So yeah, this was the year me and you played in that spoils tournament. I looked all dejected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, no, that was years before that. I think that was like 2009 or 10. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. that's right. So Gen Con Auction. Really interesting thing, if you're ever there, dip into the auction house and just sit there for five minutes. One, it's a great excuse to rest your feet for a minute. And two, you're going to see a lot of weird shit. Depending and, on the era, because that, that's actually one of my favorite pastimes uh, oh, at Gen Con. Oh, yeah. And this was not my brightest hour because we happened to walk in during the board game block. And after several failed attempts at like picking up a copy of Samurai Sword. And board game block. Hey, board game right. Out comes Dragon Strike. I remember Dragon Strike. I, I'm sure you guys remember Dragon Strike. Came with the awesome VHS tape. What, what was it filmed with? Uh... Oh, I don't know. Oh, it was like a camcorder or something. It was. Oh, wait, no. Hyper reality. Hyper reality, yes. Yeah, filmed in hyper reality. And it was. Uh, 
close to normal reality. Yeah. No, this was definitely not normal reality. Basically, they uh, hired a group of actors, gave them each 20 bucks, sent them into Halloween Express, and was like, you dress up like a wizard, you dress up like an elf, and they all came shambling out and stood in front of a, the worst green screen ever that 1993 or whenever could come up with. And Joy of Joys, that is on YouTube. Yes, it is, because, uh, okay, so I'll get to that. Guy whips out a copy of Dragon Strike. It's like, we have a copy of Dragon Strike here. Let's start the bidding at a dollar. And whenever I hear a dollar, my spidey sense kicks in and my arm shoots up. And it starts $2, $3, $4, $5. And then Roland notices my elbow start to twitch and he holds my arm up. I don't hold Ooh. it up. I do not hold it up in my defense. Okay. What were you doing? Were you bracing it in case I got tired? No, because uh, I think it had made it to $12. I made it to 10 I I paid $10 for that. You that is like etched in my brain. Like, All right, so $10, and a guy bids at 11 and I'm like, that dude really wants to drink? And you're sitting there. You are literally, uh, I'll illustrate, you're like, <laughs> you don't know. You've kind of got your arm like this right here, and you're just like, mm -hmm. And I just decide you go, and that arm goes twelve dollars, and the dude backs out, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" I just helped him buy Dragon yeah. Strike, and I tried to back out too, and he's like, "No, no, I saw you. You won. Keep your hand up." <laughs> so, I tilt my head down, pick my body up, and I go over and I retrieve my new copy of Dragon Strike. Man, you looked so dejected in the card hall that night. I carried that thing around for the entire rest of the day because I didn't want to walk the block back to my hotel room. I didn't want Dragon Strike to see sunlight. That was your albatross. It was all night. No, it was more. It was like eight more hours because we were we had to sit through a spoils tournament that night too. I want to say that somebody had come up to you like, "Oh, dude, sweet Dragon Strike," and you were like, "Yeah, you want it." <laughs> and they were like, no. Yeah, that that absolutely happens. Like, wow, Dragon Strike, that's cool. I remember that. I was like, want it? And they're like, no, but that's cool that you have it. But we did play it once. We pulled up that shitty video on YouTube because I couldn't find my VCR, which is mothballed somewhere. I couldn't be bothered to set it up. Scorpion action. Oh yeah, there is a there is a man scorpion right in the box. And you know what? The game actually isn't that bad. If you can sit through the atrocity that is the uh, the video that came with it, the game ain't bad. Oh, but, but there there was also a first quest, which oh, which was the audio version of uh, Dragon Strike, basically. Yeah, yeah, I remember First Quest. I actually played First Quest. I never played it, but I heard about Boy, it. Boy, that, that audio CD is a treat. That was actually a decent game if you take the uh, the horrible... Voice uh, acting and uh, audio. Yeah, that, that disc is kind of bad, but the game I, itself is pretty solid. Was Red Steel had a disc too, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Was Was it any better? I don't or was know. it just music? I don't know. I did not play that one. Same. I, no one did. I don't think it's anyone what? bought it. 
no, that's why you don't hear about Red Steel anymore. Yeah. So, be sure to follow my change.org visit, uh, petition for Wizards of the Coast to bring back Red Steel. <laughs> we can make this happen together. Since we're on this uh, this topic of uh, introductory D&D products, mm-hmm. what is the introductory D&D product now? I, I think it's a, uh, it's that five bucks set with the Stranger Things stuff on it, isn't it? You know, it might is be. It? Okay. I, I want, I, didn't they do the red box too? They did the red box uh, for fourth edition, I believe. Then they oh, did no. a starter box for fifth because I actually got Junior one of those for uh, her birthday or something a couple years ago. Then they came out with the Stranger Things one, I, I want to say last year. Which I thought was a little weird because I actually really got excited for the Strangers thing because I thought I was going to get a Demi Gorgon model and it's like that. And like tiny, tiny. Oh, two. Well, it comes with two of them, doesn't it? Like, oh, does I, mean, it? I don't know. I thought it just came with the Demi Gorgon. He was actually t- smaller than a normal model. I, I, I think I think one of them was already painted and the other is not. Uh, you might be onto something because I think I've seen. Yeah, here we go. Stranger Things D&D role-playing game starts at. It does look like a red box. Uh, and it comes with it comes with a pre-painted Demogorgon. Okay. Uh, he does look a little small, but I don't... Aren't they still on 25mm scale for stuff like that? That range of miniatures is uh, it's noticeably smaller than Reapers. Yeah. They are. They're slimmer and stuff. Yeah, so I think they are in 25. And yeah. Although Reaper's 25 too still, aren't they? Reaper's 28, I believe. Oh, 28. I forgot there was yeah, I forgot there was a 28 scale and a 25 scale. And then yeah, War, Warhammer scale. is like heroic 28. What does heroic mean? Uh, they're proportionally like, I think they're on average the size of uh, you know, like, like Reaper stuff, but they're beefier. Yeah. Okay. And and there's, I think there's more variance, but on average they're twenty eight millimeters. Okay. Although there are a lot of, there are a lot of forty mil bases in that uh, Indominus stuff. Yeah. Like a lot of the figures got bigger bases than maybe you'd expect, which is kind of hilarious because. The, I, I don't think we've mentioned this. The Indominus models have pegs that go into holes on the... So even the bases are push fit now. They just don't have the slots. And most of the figures stand on one foot. And the 40 mil bases come with two holes. And the way they got around that is they give you a pretty wide array of plastic rocks or skulls to just stick into the other hole on the base. There is one... I can recall offhand was the orc war boss from uh, Assault on Blackreach. There was a peg on his foot and the base had two holes and huh. one of the holes was you didn't get an option of what to put there. It was just like a pile of uh, shell casings. Oh, that's cool. That's become a little bit more common with um, with some of the newer models that they're all pe- uh, they're giving them foot pegs basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I am too. Yeah, that's way better than the slot of bases. 
Yeah. That is the slotted base, just in case anyone's wondering what we're talking about. I bet yeah. people wonder what we're talking about a lot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if, if you're listening to us, you it's hit or, it's hit or miss how, how you came here. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine listening to this, like, just knowing nothing of any of the, the hobby stuff and being like, what are these people talking about? Don't know whether we should apologize that you're here, but hey, we're glad to have you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, have a seat, maybe a tiny cake, and just yeah. enjoy. Why don't you come on this journey with us? Yeah, just for a yeah, little if, while. Just for a little while. Eventually, we'll say something that you understand, and you'll be like, "Oh, I get that." Yeah, I've heard that word before. Yeah, <laughs> of cool. I've heard of of. <laughs> I don't know what all this Warhammer shit of, but I know what of is. <laughs> it's the little things, really, that keep you going. Exactly. So I guess for me, one of the uh, one of the first RPGs I had ever um, actually sit down and played mm-hmm. was not D and D. D and D came shortly after this. Um, my first ex- uh, excursion into RPGs was Space Opera. Mm. If you remember Space, any, any of you gentlemen remember Space Opera? No, I did not play it. I know of it. I think it GURPS, basically. Oh boy, was that a was that a Steve Jackson game? I want to say it was because it was like an amalgamation of anything science fiction. Right. I had a Vorpal sword at one point. I remember that for some weird reason. And I, both of you will know the gentleman who ran the uh, uh, gentleman who who had uh, who ran my first RPG who I am still friends with to this day, um, sadly I don't get to see him very much, is Earl Patterson. Earl, yes, I remember Earl. Yeah, Earl yeah. was the guy that first introduced me into RPGs. Oh my. And it was Space Opera. And after that, I kind of was, was like, you know, this is, I think it was in eighth grade at the time. Owen, were you a Saturday nighter? I was not. I, I actually <laughs> went to the, and, that is to the Corbin Library on Saturday night. Uh, for any of those that don't know, back in the day, um, but no, I, uh, I I only went a couple. Of, I only went there occasionally on a Friday night or a Saturday night. We were part of the Saturday, the Friday crew. I never made it to the mythical Saturday night group, but I saw the Saturday night people a couple of times when they meander over on Fridays. Yeah, there was a uh, there there were. Some uh, occasional spillovers. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I played on Saturdays a few times. It was probably, a, I don't know, a month or so straight. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they were old school, even then. Yeah, they were like first edition guys, weren't they? Yeah, so back, back during this time period, second edition was, you know, halfway through its life. But these guys had been playing a first edition campaign for, I'm going to think it, it was going on for a decade at that point. I can't fathom that. Yeah, it's crazy. I We've gone a couple of times where we've done an entire campaign in like a year stretch and actually put a bow on it. And every time that happens, it feels like an act of Congress. Yeah. Yeah, you should get an achievement unlocked for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I just want to touch on that is a concept that probably wouldn't go over today. Hey, mom, 
uh, this older guy got the keys to the back room of the public library, and we're gonna, he's gonna let a bunch of us kids uh, hang out back there and play D&D till midnight. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah. No, no, that would not fly today, but back in 1994, it was a simpler time, I guess. So I, actually how I got to play my first, the first RPG, uh, the first one, was not at Corbin, was not at the public library. It was because I knew Earl through a Star Trek fan club, actually. And you we had all nerd. Oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, we would all get together on uh, Sundays. So he started doing a Sunday or Saturday evening uh, RPG project, basically. If you, if you were interested in the RPGs, he would run them. And so we started doing that. That's cool. Which led me to, uh, that's, uh, that's actually contributes straight into how I got into playing Vampire the Masquerade too. Oh. One of, one of the guys there also uh, had, was like, have you heard of this game Vampire? This seems very interesting. It's very much a political, not a hack and slash game. And so that's kind of how I gateways into that. Roland, was your first, like, did you, hit up the gateway stuff before RPGs or circle back around to it afterward? Because I played HeroQuest long before I played my game, first game of d and I think it all happened right around the same time. Because um, I was really big into Star Trek uh, growing up. The first, the, Actually, the first gateway thing that got me in to like fantasy and stuff was Battlemasters. Thought Battlemasters was cool. Risk if we want to get back to the OG board game that got me into miniature kind of war gaming, it was Risk. And if you think about it, that's kind of Risk is kind of like the original war game, uh, almost of our generation. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is gonna sound like heresy, but I've actually only played Risk once in my life. Oh, wow, yeah, over Risk, at, uh, that was a weekend thing for me every weekend. I, uh, go over to my friend Travis's house and me, him and his dad, we would, he'd make a big pot, uh, like pasta. Uh -huh. And we would sit and play risk all that afternoon up to, I, I, five or six o'clock. I'd go home. Neat. I've only played it like three or four times. Yeah. Oh. I, I think you were there. The only time I ever played it, we hmm. took it. We took a break from D and D one week and played risk for some reason. Yeah. Axis and Allies I've never played. I've never played that either. Uh, I know we always plan to, and yep. Nick would be like, all right, well, did you read the instructions? No. Well, maybe another time. Check back <laughs> next quarter. Yeah, I, no, I've never played Axis and Allies. So I think Risk was one of the first actual board games that I played a lot of. Mm -hmm. The One of the other games that I played a lot, growing up i played i played hero quest a couple of times i loved that game i just could never find a copy for it uh, of course i played all the trivia games and you know all, all the crap you would normally play as, as oh oh yeah i loved board games as a kid but i was only an only child so i didn't really have a lot of people to play them with uh, i got lucky i lived close to uh, my best friend travis we we were neighbors so i got lucky in yeah. that regards that he was into a lot of the same stuff that I was. Torpedo Run, if any of you guys remember that. Is that the one with the, the cannons? 
Uh, that is the one where you set up. It's an it's an it's part of, and I love the name of this. And I don't know why I remember it, but it was part of the Floor Wars series. Ah, Floor Wars. All right. As far as I know, they that it was the one and only one in the series. Hmm. Um, but it was like a huge map that you laid out, and it was a cardboard, mm-hmm. so it folded out, and it was basically okay. blue, and it had naval symbols on it, like the naval star and all so that. Belly buttons everywhere. And you would blow, uh, you had these plastic ships, plastic battleships, destroyers, and stuff like that, and they had little slots in the side. And you would basically have a, what would be like, I guess, like where the bridge and cannon or like turrets and stuff, they -hmm. would sit down and then they would be, there would be like a rubber band and it would, and it would just bend like that. And then you have that little piece set. Once it locked in place, you'd hear it click, and it would sit like that. And there would be a little slot. You would have a submarine, and you would it would shoot little red discs. So we could load them in the top, and it would fly in there. It flew in, tripped it, boom, it would shoot up. 90% of the time, you'd lose the pieces. Or even if you missed, if you hit it hard enough at the right right angle, you could still get it to explode. That sounds like a game you get to play once. And look for the pieces the rest of the day. Right. Yeah. Now, how hard do these discs shoot out? Would they, like, was there a chance that you would just shatter the boat instead of triggering it? No, it was, because okay. it was on a, it was just a little, um, you pulled the back, uh, it was like a little rubber band trigger. Oh, okay. On, on the back of the sub that would just shoot the, uh, shoot the discs. Not necessarily with that sound effect. Um, and I think getting into uh, what got me into actual outside of um, outside of that, but the big thing that got me into 40k, uh, 40k lore, uh, can be traced to a computer game of all things. And it's, oh, yes. not, it's not none of it is none of the 90s ones. I I had heard of Warhammer, but the thing that introduced me to like i had heard the first thing i'd ever heard in conjunction with warhammer uh outside the video game was a band called bolt thrower Mm -hmm. wow um that was a death metal band but um the first game that got me like hardcore into the lore of 40k was dawn of war dawn of war is fantastic i think we've brought it up in the show several times but i mean one of my favorite computer games oh definitely still holds up i still play dawn of war one and two absolutely uh two is i didn't really like two at the time but if you're doing single player you don't have any play one to play with don't know two is definitely the way to go yeah but yeah those, those are those that's what got me going into and because you know you would, you would hear a few things here and there about 40k but don war actually done a really good job of kind of dumbing it down for a general audience to easily digest yeah it did and then, once you've had a taste of the buffet, you can go back and go full hog. Yeah, then you can play Space Marine, which I would love to go back and play Space Marine because I wasn't nearly as deep into the lore when I played it back in, like, I don't know, 2009, 2010 or something. So I imagine it would make a lot more sense now. Are you talking about the uh, THQ one for the Xbox? Yeah. And it's also on Steam, too. You can use an Xbox remote on your PC, just a heads up. 
Well, but, yeah, but my laptop is terrible. I have a Steam controller. I have, I I got it as part of the Humble Bundle that was going on last month. I just don't know if my computer will run it. I want to give you a forewarning. The story mm-hmm. is a real freaking downer. Oh, I know. I beat it on the Xbox. Oh, okay. That was, that was okay. lovely bad ending there. Well, it was it was actually a fun note. It was set up for a group of sequels that yeah. end. So it ended on a real shit note. I, yes, actually, it did. I actually went back and played that uh, a few months ago. Oh, yeah. Does it hold up? Yeah, I think it does. Okay. It, I know it, it was... It gets it was a little repetitive. repetitive and, yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah, that's really the only gripe I have with it. I'm not one of these like uh, lore purists because I know a lot of people had a problem with the fact that uh, you know the main character was able to uh, tolerate the warp like he did. Maybe it's because all the orcs believed that he was lucky because he was wearing blue. Mm. That's what got him to go through the war. I'm just saying. Well, he was lucky. He made it through that entire game without his damn helmet on and didn't suffer too much brain damage. <laughs> no noticeable brain damage. <laughs> How would you even tell with those guys? <laughs> I, I, they, they, they pretty much operate off of you know pre-programmed phrases anyway. That's true. Uh, you, yes, brother. No, brother. For the emperor. Yeah. Burn, maim, kill. Yeah. Burn, maim, kill. That's a, yeah. They're, they're artists working with a very limited power. No, I don't want to pick on them, but especially the space wolves. I mean, they they spend their all their free time drinking a concoction of uh, jet fuel and Robitussin, and no one seems to notice. So. <laughs> Robo tripping for the emperor. Yeah, well, they hate books. I mean, that's not even me being mean. They hate books so take that what you will like i recently listened to the audiobook for prospero burns where a some sort of archaeologist type is the main character that we don't give a shit about and has a grim ending in that one spoiler alert most of those horus heresy books have that but uh yeah when he got to the i don't remember what they're super hidden base is called but they don't allow books and of course he brought books and stuff with them and he was like oh where's my stuff like oh we burned it i mean literally it's like we don't have any lights in our base so we ripped out one of your eyes and gave you another eye that could see in the dark thanks you know what modern problems require modern solutions (laughs) ain't that the truth and uh you know what if you if you want to take up for the space wolves shoot us an email and yell at roland yes please yeah i my the chaos army that i do play when i do play chaos so is is thousand sons okay i thought you were gonna accuse the space wolves of being heretics again because i think i've heard you do that now you've accused like half of the loyalist chapters of being heretics well, I mean, if you if you look at them in the mind of a proper inquisitor, all of them can be considered heretics. I mean, I'm suffering a form of heresy because I'm sorry. They, ice wolves are a little too Cornish, for, you know. 
They all they're a little too Gornish Gornish for your game, Hen. <laughs> then you've got outright blood drinking by the blood angels. Now you watch your you watch your filthy mouth, okay? Mm-hmm. That's not normal. Now look, the blood angels have been through a lot, all right? They're a bunch of good Catholic boys with their daddy issues. Dark, uh, yeah. like the dark angels, come on. Help, brother. Oh no, I have fall I have tripped. I am now <laughs> No. <laughs> this so anyone gets that uh the the, the fallen. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I do have a small detachment of dark angels. Uh, mainly because of uh Black Reach, I think is what they were in. Was no, Black Reach. No, it was Dark Vengeance, I'm sorry. Dark Vengeance, yes. Okay, yeah. I, I had like four or five of those from random trades I'd done, so I got a lot of bikes that I never used. The Dark oh. Angels are more interesting than I originally gave them credit for. They're fine. I, yeah, they are. They're, they're 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 an interesting chapter. And they are loyal. Come on. Yeah. I mean, they are. They're, they're totally mean, not heretics. No. They, they, so what if they have, you know, a small group of magic dwarves whose faces they never see and they don't know where they came from or where, they've been or where they're going? Yeah, or, yeah, basically they have a, a group of orcos that carry yeah. around their swords. And, yeah. I mean. That's a 1980s He-Man's reference, children. Yes, yes, it is. You can get older. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> <laughs> if anyone out there is not getting older, shoot us an email. Yeah. Not just, I'm not just pandering for emails. I want to know how you're pulling that off. Yeah, so let Roland know in great detail. Because I'm no. the one out of all of us that are going, that's going fucking gray. And no, oh, I'm getting no. there too. I am absolutely, I'm right there with you, my friend. Yeah. Uh, I, started, so, I, I started going gray at 15. Oh, it's been a slow process but slow burn yeah mm. um but yeah i mean like outside of that once i got into 40k um the big thing it got I, I, one of the things that i think it also helped us a lot Lou, was mm. and, um hero uh hero clicks but more importantly oh. um star wars minis yeah, star wars minis played uh more like a normal Oh, War game than did. Um, yeah, there's good times though with Hero Clicks. We had there was, oh. yeah, no, I really enjoyed Hero Clicks until I realized that I had, you know, they were taking up half of my house. You know, yeah, it yeah. got to be just way too much too fast. Yeah, it was really that game that got me into the idea of a miniatures game. Yeah, yeah, you know, th- there was Mage Knight before it, but I never played that so. I bought a Mage Knight starter set and we played it one time. I was kind of put off that because I thought it was going to be more like Hero Clicks ended up being and you needed tape measures and terrain and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, it was fine for what it was. Uh, Hero Clicks gelled more with me because you had, you know, maps and stuff and grids and now we're back to tape measures and terrain. Yeah. But there was a, there was a lot of good Saturdays had with uh, Hero Clicks, I will say that. Clicks was a big chunk of our life, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, and then we went into Star Wars minis, which was another, a shorter chunk, but a, oh, God. Uh, you know, I, and I still actually have a lot of my Star Wars minis. I won't. I do, too. Because I, I, I don't have a, a, enough of, 
they done those right almost almost they did them they were beautiful comparatively to anything else on the market until like the end when the stormtroopers started looking like guys in sweatsuits with smiley face hats yeah um but as far as the dynamics and gameplay i think that was really mm-hmm. where that game shined it made Definitely. sense i didn't play that but i watched you guys play it several times the rules made the the rules were far better than anything hero clicks had they were because you didn't have bullets stopping six squares away yeah yeah. stuff like that you could actually like have corner cover and stuff like that you could have corner cover your dudes could duck yeah it had a lot of uh tactical elements yeah it very much did like a proper uh skirmish game actually yes yeah, it, it even had mechanics for opening and closing doors on the map. Yep. Which got a lot of people angry. Yeah, I remember uh, that. Speaking of which, uh, Kill Team Arena, which we haven't played. We haven't. It's um, it's it, it's made for like quick and dirty tournament style games where it's all indoors, but there are doors. Hmm. And there are rules for opening and closing doors. <laughs> but you can use them to your tactical advantage. I mean, I'd be willing to try it. Yeah, I mean, there's some elements there I like, but generally, I I like playing on you know a big battlefield full of yeah terrain. I do too. That's like, my kind I, of yeah. I like busting around through a bu- a blowed up city. Exactly. That's proper grim dark. Yep. Yes. Nothing works. Uh, it's all blown up. <laughs> Everybody looks covered in dust and shit. Yeah, everything's just sad. Everything's just sad. But uh, yeah, so see, 40K, Warhammer in general is kind of on the fringes for me for my entire life until Kill Team came along. And now um, with uh, the advent of 9th edition there is combat patrol yeah which is yet another gateway into 40k i think this one is actually more of a proper gateway into 40k rather than a the uh a skirmish game in and of itself right and i I think this is actually smart for them to put into the core book uh, it is it's very smart uh because it was originally in the fourth edition book yeah yeah kill team Um, yeah it's been around a long time as a back of the book thing i do want to point out when we're talking about combat patrol we're talking about the smallest detachment of 40k for ninth edition not to be confused with a board game that gw put out uh years ago and was available up to i think sometime about a year or two ago called combat patrol in which you played scouts i didn't know about that one yeah, just wanted to preface that. Yeah, that was one of their more obscure uh, specialist games. They yeah. have a lot. They yeah, have a they lot, do. lot of games when you sit down and look. And I really, you know, yeah. I honestly really like their specialist games. They're cool, man. Gorka Morka, anybody? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I, w- I wanted to yeah. play, I wanted to try Speed Freaks, but it's out of print now and eh. 
But uh, it's, yeah, that's sadly one thing I don't want. The GW's print run bullshit. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a mystery, and I would really like to figure out. I wish they would say, "Hey, this is going away after X amount of time," mm-hmm. or give us more of a forewarning. A window. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're gonna print this from this day to this day, and then after that, bye. Yeah, because I mean, some things they give you the courtesy of telling you, "Hey, this is your last chance to buy it." Hence, the last chance to buy section on their website. Right. A lot of things don't get that that honor, though. You know. Yeah. Can you play Shadow War. Right. <laughs> I missed Shadow War. Well, yeah. so did about ninety percent of the people because it was only available for one day and it sold out within minutes one day that's crazy uh this was before kill team okay this was before necromunda got announced the first time or the second time the first time time? yeah yeah so everybody was thinking shadow war armageddon was necromunda because it also operated off a very modified version of the original 90s necromunda rule so we were like that's it. That's what we were going to get. But the reason people bought it was because you had the old, you, I think you got some old models, uh, the Space Marine Scouts and some Orcs. That's mm. not why people went apeshit over it. People went apeshit over it because of the amount of terrain. The entire, um, I guess one of the, the entire industrial. Um, oh yeah, that's where stuff. the uh, the Sector Mechanicus stuff came from. All of that. You got it mm. all in one box yeah, that's kind of like how the uh the the first uh the first iteration of the kill team box went mm-hmm. even people was... who weren't interested in kill team just wanted the terrain which was like even if you don't count all the other stuff in the box it was like half price which one was the first one was that the mechanicum mechanicus one uh, no, it was the imperial uh imperial ruins what what teams came with that box? Because I don't remember. Mechanicus uh, and Gene Steelers. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, Skitari or Skitarii? I call Skitari. them Skitari. That's how okay. Dub says it. Says it. Oh, so. is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They also say uh, a bad end, so take that for what it's worth. Yeah, I I don't know how to feel about a bad end. Also. Yeah, I, I want to. I want an official pronunciation on Tyranid because I've heard a lot of people call them Tyranids. It's Tyranid. Okay, good. It's absolutely Tyranid. <laughs> it's a Tyranid. Tyranid. Oh, Tyranid. Yeah, Tyranids. Tyranid Saurus Rex. Um, oh, I, I think the reason they they call it Ty Tyranids is because of the the city or the planet where they yeah, were discovered at. Tyranus, I think? Or Tyranus is the city. Yeah. <clears throat> That's where a lot of that comes from. <laughs> That's part of your GW lore for today, good sir. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I, I know um, I unabashedly know way too much about 40k lore because there for a while all I did was put 40k lore on audio and listen to it for hours upon hours for weeks on end that's, that's what i'm doing at work now and, and so it just ingrains into your fucking head i've been drinking it up over the past year and a half <laughs> yeah uh, yes out of a punch bowl yeah right 
it's a it's a lot. It is. It is, but you know what? It is so ridiculous and oh over, yeah, over the top, and that's why we that's, all right. It, it's it's endearingly just insane. Yeah, it's bad shit. You have crazy worlds, worlds that are nothing more than a large militarized fortress. What the fuck? Yeah, well, it was uh, was it in Dark Imperium? I think where they won a battle, and so they like paved over an entire continent to have a parade. I'm not even joking. And I think at one point, Korax punches through a tank so he can beat the driver to death. I mean, this, this is why we love Warhammer 40k, ladies and gentlemen. Because it's stupid. <laughs> It's so stupid. So, I'm gonna. We'll just kind of segue off into the little the closing segment that I've I like to do. It's called tips and tricks. Mm-hmm. So, so like a little helpful hints and tips that you know, or just you know a little a fun little thing to help you in your hobby progress. And so Carmen came up with a really good one, and I'll. I'll let you go ahead and, and start with yours. If you've been into um, Warhammer for any significant amount of time, you will have heard, heard um, people uh, insisting that you drill the barrels out of the guns on your models. Um, please, sir, drill, your ho- drill the barrels and the bolters. It makes them look a million times better. <laughs> you know, that, that guy it, voice notwithstanding, it actually does. It yeah. kind of does. Kind of does. Kind of does, actually. Yeah, it, it does. Those things look kind of silly, uh, looking down the non-barrel of those things. I think we I think there should be a house rule where if your barrels aren't drilled, the gun explodes. <laughs> okay. Uh, I actually, for a little while, just FYI, before I learned how to drill barrels, and I'm still not good at it, I would paint a black dot at the end of the barrel. I've done that with. Uh, not not black dots, but I've done it for like plasma guns and melted guns. Not everybody has a pin vise or a tiny little drill that you can use to drill the barrels out. You will definitely have a hobby knife, which you can use exclusively to drill barrels out on the gun. So just take uh, take the tip of the blade. You want a sharp one, like a fresh one. Uh, put it dead center and just twist it so you get it to the size that you like and it won't be as deep as it will with a pen vise but you won't be able to tell with uh, some paint on there and you know quick and dirty way of getting a, a drilled barrel and it looks great fantastic love it I have one little tip uh, one little thing so I, I brought along a visual aid uh, for those of you um, that don't know, this is a what Quip non sponsored uh, sends their toothbrush heads in. Now, if you've listened to any podcast, you'll probably hear them talk about Quip toothbrushes. But this is what the heads come in is this little thing right here. This can be used for all kinds of things. I, I, I was looking at this like smokestacks, anything like that. Um, a color this, plasma cool. The, the rule is, uh, the, the whole tip is. Trash can be terrain. Yes. That's a piss. There's, your, there, there's an objective, for Christ's sakes. Right there. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Trash go. makes great terrain. I, I remember back when I first started getting into 40k, I would take the the covers that CDR spindles would come on. You spray paint those black, cut some little slits and a door in them, you've got a bunker. Yep. Yep. And, um, and this, this actually harkens back to, I guess, probably Rogue Trader with the uh, the the deodorant land raider or land speeder yep oh, i love uh, the deodorant land speeder i've used <laughs> crinkle cans for um towers before mm-hmm. uh you know so it's just all little things like that now fair warning if you get your mindset into this kind of thing use caution because if you're not careful you'll wind up full of house full of garbage yep. yes and nobody wants that no. but i was just i was I was thinking about throwing these away and I've got like three or four of these. And I was like, you know what? I could build something cool with those. So why not? It helps every now and then to take stock of what you have and figure out what's, what's, what's uh, good to keep and what you can part with. Yeah. That'll keep yeah. you from getting overwhelmed with junk. <laughs> yeah. Like 14 years worth of hero click figures. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing too is the thing I like about using little stuff like that for is it makes it uh, individual. Uh, individual. Yes. It's very, very unique, so to speak. So, yeah. That's my little tip. Did you have anything, Lou? I don't, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I don't know if we talked. No, no. I, I haven't been building terrain much anymore because you guys have been doing it so much. I kind of haven't had to. Well, MGW's um, terrain, eh? Well, there's so many different ways now to get terrain other than having to build it. It's yeah. building your terrain is almost, I mean, it's still a way to, it's a great way to save money. It Absolutely. is. It definitely um, is. I've just been where I don't have as much free time as I used to. I've been spending it on trying to get figures painted and assembled and that's oh, hard enough as it is. So I've been letting you guys handle the terrain, especially seeing the stuff that Jason put out when we started making Frostgrave or playing Frostgrave. I don't, Ooh. I'm not touching terrain anymore. By the way, <laughs> Quick plug, Frostgrave Second Edition, I believe, hits shelves next week or is already out. It'll pro- it'll definitely be available by the time this is released. Yes, oh, absolutely. It's def- available on Amazon right now. I just haven't pulled the trigger on yet and that, but that's a game. how much that's- is it? was thirty five for pre order. I don't know if it's gone down. That's the prime price. I can look. Go ahead, uh, vamp for a second, Jason. I was going to say that's uh that's definitely a game week can't say enough good things about no no it's fantastic that's actually what got us reinvigorated for miniature gaming period yes um pre-order price guarantee right now as of recording it's 35 dollars uh with free shipping on amazon prime will be released on august 18th so that's if it's what i wonder if it's as big as the first edition let me see if there's a page count uh for the, for, the, for the 224 pages, so that's probably bigger. What was yeah. it? I don't even remember what the first edition was, page count. Let me see if uh, I can find it. Um, I know all the supplements will be uh, forward compatible. They said that, so right. that's cool, because uh, I bought most of them. Uh, first edition was 134 pages, so yeah, it's significantly bigger. Yeah, so yeah, good stuff. 
And it's only ten dollars more than the first edition. First edition was twenty five. Yeah. So ten bucks for a hundred more pages. Sure, I'll take okay. it. I've, I, I, I find Osprey's uh, output fascinating. Yeah, they, they, they've got a lot of uh, uh, interesting stuff. And if you're, yeah. if you're interested in getting into miniatures gaming, uh, that's a very good place to start. Absolutely. Oh yeah, because um, <clears throat> Frostgrave and probably several of their other games I'm not sure of, but uh, Frostgrave is definitely uh, miniatures agnostic. You yes, can use any miniatures you like, as long as you all agree on them, mm -hmm. it's game. <laughs> I know Frostgrave is Rogue Stars is. Um, Oh, what is the other one? Fistful of Kung Fu is right, that's right. that's interesting that they made that one and Gaslands, of course. That's going to be my next uh, next purchase. I have a feeling. Gaslands, yeah, money well spent. Uh, I th I think it was thirty bucks for the hardcover rule book. Gasland refueled, I think, mm -hmm. and it's really easy to read and. Uh, it just it looks like a hoot. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, gentlemen, if you don't have anything else to, if we don't have anything else to put in, I think we're starting to wind down. I think we're running, like I said, I think we're running a little long in the tooth tonight. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but people love us enough. They'll they'll listen to anything true. we have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, last rounds of plugs. Uh, email us at. The warband at yahoo.com check us follow us on instagram at warband the what is the warband podcast warband and podcast. Yep. check out the rolling rock cast on the same feed as this so guys thank you for joining us on our fun adventure this evening it has been great and it has been wonderful chatting with the two of you as always and guys i can't wait until we get to talk again and you guys get to hear us and as always, have a wonderful night and stay safe and healthy out there. Be good to each other. Take care. Over and out.